Hey friends, how are you? Welcome to JMT TV and the Pure Jamie Milne podcast. Today's session number, episode number 23 is <clears throat> what is hypnosis and can it work for you? Um, this episode, I'm just hanging out with myself here in a with an intention to debunk a few things around hypnosis and also to answer a few questions. Should people have any thought-provoking questions or are curious, intrigued as to the benefits of clinical hypnotherapy and can it work for them? So first of all, I'm going to cut straight to the chase. Hypnosis is natural. There's nothing unusual or mysterious or magical about hypnosis in trance states. It doesn't require you to have special powers, be able to meditate or go and see the wizard on the mountain um, or anything like that. The state of trance is totally natural and people go in and out of trances every day. The state of hypnosis is when the trance state is used to help people become more responsive to suggestions. Um, it's very different to meditation. I mean, there are, there are components of clinical hypnosis that integrate slightly with meditation. So, and I think just purely based off the fact of being in a very, very relaxed state. Um, and that's where it kind of ends. So if you think about prior to doing the clinical hypnotherapy, uh, course, practitioner's course, I, I, used to meditate every day and a lot of people that I know are great believers and integrate hypnosis into their, uh, sorry, integrate meditation into their daily lives. Um, but it has, it has one, one problem and about one problem only in my opinion and my perception. If you imagine like your, your mind is like a computer, you've got all the tabs open. You're feeling pretty overwhelmed, you're feeling pretty anxious and just generally having a full-on day. So if we are fortunate enough to be able to meditate, the you get the opportunity to close these tabs down to decrease the overwhelm and start to calm the anxiety. So you essentially get yourself into a relaxed state, which is fantastic, which is a, a really positive outcome. The only problem is when we get out of that meditative state and life kicks back in again, it's not necessarily too long or too delayed before we head back into that um, that overwhelmed, anxious and full-on state just because of life and all life's moving parts. Hypnosis helps us go into a very, very deep state of trance if, if we allow it, which en- enables us to... Be open to positive suggestibility. So basically going into an evolved state and having a positive outcome. Um, people say that hypnosis doesn't exist and that it only works because people become more responsive. So really what we're going to do is an induce an altered state of consciousness or a trance in which our clients and which people friends, clients become more responsive. The the interesting thing is all all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. You cannot be hypnotized if you don't want to. And I really like this. Um, it's like the saying, what you resist persists. So if you sit there going, you're not going to hypnotize me, you're not going to hypnotize me, come on, try and hypnotize me, see what you can do, see if you can do your best. Um, those, that crowd, 
they, they're not going to be hypnotized. And unfortunately, they're not going to be open to the positive and potentially profound change that they could have. And one of hypnosis's founders, Milton Erickson, he had a saying that clients come in and they come in to the studio or, or the therapy clinic in a trance where they believe they have a problem. Good hypnotists just put them into a trance where they no longer have a problem. So how do we do this? One of the key features to hypnosis is that it is a highly focused state. So imagine walking through the aisle of an IGA with all there's all sorts of shit on the um, on the shelves. You're looking around. Um, now, if your attention isn't focused and you're not really thinking about the things in the IGA, you might miss the products that you're looking for as you go past them. Of course, the products are, are there. They'll always be there. But the unfamiliar ones are the ones you cannot find. Now, on the day that you go down the aisle paying careful attention to every single little product or each product in the IGA and all the things that are happening, you can see all the things you have missed and have ideas of ways to use those products in ways you had never had before. And this is kind of what a hypnotic state does. It allows you to focus in such a way that we access abilities that aren't normally within our range of conscious responses to have control over. So here is the definition of what hypnosis is as a state and why I personally favor it as a clinical hypnotherapist. Before, before I define hypnosis, though, I just like before I started researching it, my definition of hypnosis was you know, what you see on a stage, a comedian, the dude with the watch, he's hypnotizing people to imagine like they're really sexy or <clears throat> or they're really confident or they've got their hands stuck to their face and you see people like truly believing that. So that's like stage hyp hypnotherapy, that's stage hypnotists or comedians. And then you've got clinical hypnotherapy. Now, there are similarities and differences and at some points in time they do integrate, um, but I just wanted to make that clear up front the two differences and also for those that are you'll hear um the mind being referred to as like your conscious mind or subconscious unconscious mind um or altered consciousness so if you can imagine just for a second just entertain this you're looking at a bird's eye view at a circle so it's a pie graph three to five percent of that pie graph is your conscious mind the other 95 to 97% is your unconscious mind or subconscious. They are both the same thing. So they're referred to as unconscious or subconscious. For the rest of this podcast, I'll just refer to it as, um, as one of those, subconscious or unconscious. Now, the conscious mind is also known as your critical factor or your critical resistance. So if you imagine somebody that is involved in road rage and they're having a full-on argument and just basically really, really reactive. A lot of that is your conscious mind. So you act, that's your critical resistance. You are just locked in that little, little part of your mind, um, using that three to five percent. And the other stuff is your unconscious mind. Your unconscious mind, when you think about things like tying your shoelaces, uh, closing your eyes when you're in the shower and some water's about to hit your face. So you kind of close your eyes and it does it automatically. So it's things that we do on autopilot. Um, how we move, how we walk, how we stop ourselves from falling over, uh, brushing our teeth, you know, when we drive to work, all these things are unconscious and, and sort of pre-programmed. 
I, I often like to think of the difference between the conscious mind and the unconscious mind as kind of like a big warehouse. So if you walk up to the warehouse at about two o'clock in the morning, there'll be a security guard standing at the door. And that is like your conscious mind. That is the critical resistance. That is the critical factor. He's like, nah, you're not coming into this warehouse. And in hypnosis, we're trying everything we can to get past the security guard. We want to get past the guy at the door, the doorman, um, to get into the factory, which is your unconscious mind, and go in there with a spotlight and find the shit that we're looking for. Another way of looking at it is it, because um, this resonates with me, is trying to get into a nightclub when you're underage, which I think we all might have had a, double, a dabble at that, and uh, going up there and the doorman is basically trying to kick you out because you're underage, but you want to get into the nightclub because that is where the party's at. So to define hypnosis... It's a natural, highly focused state of mind in which your unconscious mind, so remember, your unconscious mind, which is 95, 97%, is free to act without interference from regular consciousness. So basically, the more you can allow yourself to go into a deep, relaxed, trance-like state or be guided into that state, the better it's going to be. Because your consciousness, where your critical factor or conscious mind is shut down, your unconscious, so remember the big 95, 97% is able to make change and act on suggestions, positive suggestions. My personal opinion is that any communication where you have someone's attention and you're making changes in their internal representations, well, the, the picture in their mind, the sounds, the feelings, etc., in, the, in their mind's eye, is a form of hypnosis. So... Hypnosis, you can't, you can't get people to do anything unethical, immoral, things that they don't, you know, doesn't align with their principles, their values, their humanity, their morality. You can't make suggestions in a negative narrative because people, people are still in control. You're relaxed, you're open for suggestibility, but you are still in control. And I really like this. It means that when you take part in clinical hypnotherapy, we are looking for a positive outcome and profound change. To rest some people's minds at ease, the legal definition of hypnosis, so hypnosis is the bypass of the critical factor, the accepting of selective thinking, thoughts, concepts, and ideas that are okay by you. Altering a person's belief or reality through suggestion. In the 1950s, the American Medical Association made hypnosis legal if applied by an appropriately trained practitioner. And later in the 1950s, the British and Australian Medical Associations, they followed suit as well, which is awesome. Now, perhaps to demystify hypnosis before we potentially talk about what types of things can be, um, what type of reasons or purposes you could seek out hypnosis. So, first to demystify hypnosis for both you, but also to give you a few ways to help demystify hypnosis for potentially your friends, is... We are using revification, which or or regression techniques, and every and all sorts of other techniques, um, which will get people to experience a state of trance. 
essentially we are talking about times where they have experienced trances in the past, even though they may not be, be aware. We can also create auditory anchors to our trance voices. Um, so when we talk to you and condition you, you can be responsive to suggestible, positive suggestible outcomes. Hypnosis is an everyday thing. Think driving a car. It's very common when people are driving that you just go into a trance. And you've probably had times where you're driving home and before you knew it, you're like, ah, I'm home. Jeez, I don't even remember the traffic lights. I don't remember anything. It's because there was a part of you that was in control, but there was also a massive part of you that was unconscious. And because the restrictions have been removed from your unconsciousness, uh, sorry, from your consciousness, your unconscious could just take control. And it was kind of steering it for you. It was braking, indicating, you know, turning the stereo up, thinking about what you're going to have for dinner and things like that. And there may have been times where you were driving next to a truck and had to really concentrate and focus. And that is when your conscious mind or your critical factor took over. But once you got past, you could just relax, sit back and let your unconscious mind uh, take control. Even like when you're watching TV, there's been a time, you know, you might be watching Netflix, and before you knew it, hours had passed, and you couldn't even have told me what you were watching or, or you know, majority of what you were watching. You were just zoned out because you had become unconscious and gone into a trance-like state, which is kind of like if you've got kids, it's like trying to walk up to your kids and peel them off the TV, and they look like they're totally zoned out, that they are in a, um, a trance-like state, deep Deep in relaxation and highly unconscious or subconscious. Um, there's other things, you know, like standing in a lift when you kind of drift off. Some people experience trance-like states or altered states when they're running. And that is when your unconscious has uh, kicked in. What are some of the things that you potentially could come and see a clinical hypnotherapist for? Quitting bad habits or making good habits is a really good starting point. So think smoking, um, sugar, things around eating disorders, um, even alcohol, um, bad habits, things you're not happy about, character defects, um, traumatic situations, um, learning to forgive family members, even perpetrators, uh, sport enhancing, um, uh, sport enhancing, um, hypnotherapy. There's even things like biting your nails, anything, you know, that you, almost anything you could think of. Things like sleep, not sleeping properly, self esteem, self worth. There are tons of things. I love the, the saying or the thought process. It's only a problem if it's a problem. And if you think it's a problem in your life, then it is actually a problem. If it has a negative effect on your life, then it is a problem. So if you identify something, you know, perhaps investigate hypnotherapy as an option. Um, maybe consider not limiting yourself to, you know, white knuckling it, um, going to healthcare professionals, you know, maybe do all of those things and some of those things. It, re it really just depends. And I always like 
the thought of circling back to you are the expert of your own life, of your own body. There are things trapped in your unconscious sitting there in your subconscious mind, the answers to some of life's riddles. Clinical hypnotherapists can't issue medicine and they are not psychologists. Um, It is just a form of psychotherapy where essentially on the basis of all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. A couple of common fears and misconceptions. Hypnosis isn't sleep. It's important that you realize that when you come to a clinical hypnotist that it's not an, a, a, uh, an opportunity to catch some, catch some extra Zs. Yes, you will relax a lot more, which is great. Um, but typically, we don't want people to fall asleep because if, we've, if, if you fall asleep, we've lost your attention. In fact, people in a trance usually become more aware, more relaxed and more focused if they aren't prepared for what they can drop themselves out of a trance. So, yeah, you will not forget everything. In fact, you will remember everything that's happened at the end of the session, which is fantastic. Occasionally, I might suggest that you forget a few things, especially the really uh, negative things. This is just so that your unconscious mind has the freedom to deal with the things outside of your awareness without any interference. But it's a rare occasion when that sort of thing happens. Uh, You're in total control, like I said before. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis, and you'll only act on things that are in alignment with your morals. Um, So we can only guide you. You're the one that has to follow the suggestions and more. Uh, You will not reveal your darkest secrets, so let yourself relax knowing that if you come for clinical hypnotherapy, you're not going to spill your guts. And to be honest... Uh, I don't want to know your secrets anyway, and I'm sure other clinical hypnotherapists would feel the same. So your unconscious mind will continue to look after you. You're also not going to look gullible or stupid, um, like some of the stage comedy hypnotherapy may have you doing. Some people think you've got to be gullible or stupid to be suggestible, to do hypnotise, and I actually think the opposite is true. Only People that can be hypnotized are ones that can follow orders, pay attention, are coachable um, and relatively switched on human beings. You can't get stuck in hypnosis, which is another big one. You, you're you not going to be trapped in some far away magical mystery tour as, some as, as much as some of us might want to. Uh, occasionally, people might want to relax and stay in trance a little longer and enjoy the experience. Um, I think the worst thing that could possibly happen is that you could fall asleep. Uh, And even if you had died in the session or something weird like that, um, we, there, there is certainly, there's certainly no way we could not bring you out of a trance. Um, And you would wake up refreshed as always, feeling great and feeling like you've had a power nap. So, I hope some of those things demystify what hypnosis is and I hope that it perhaps gives you some confidence or a little bit of insight. I know for myself, before studying hypnosis, again, I was sort of fixated on the stage stuff, the comedy stuff, you know, look into my eyes. When you do, you will become sleepy and go deeper into trance. Now, when I when I realised that, you know, there were similarities and differences, but clinical hypnotherapy was nothing but an opportunity to give people positive and pr- profound change. So, 
If you have any questions about what hypnosis is again or uh, is hypnosis right for you, is there something that you may like to talk to, just know that you can reach out to to a practicing uh, clinical hyp- hypnotherapist or if you want to send me any questions, um, I do offer free 30-minute consults to talk about potentially how clinical hypnotherapy could be of service to you. And my colleague, uh, Karina, is also open for free 30-minute consults. I hope that helps, team. Have an amazing week. Go well, and uh, we'll speak with you soon.